Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're a very good observer, Cole. We have a very advanced program, something very different. An opportunity to reduce your sentence considerably. And possibly play an important role in returning the human race to the surface of the Earth. Welcome to Second Take Podcast's review of 12 Monkeys, starring Bruce Willis, Joseph Mito, John Cedar, Michael Chance, Vernon Campbell, and Brad Pitt. Written by Chris Marker, David Webb's Peoples, and Janet Peoples, and directed by Terry Gilliam. ...information to help the people in the present trace the path of the virus. We're not in the present now. This is a place for crazy people. I'm not saying you're not mentally ill, for all I know you're <laughs> crazy as a loon. The army of the 12 monkeys, they're the ones that spread the virus. Monkeys. I'm living in a meticulously constructed fantasy world, and that world is starting to disintegrate. You haven't become addicted to that dying world? No, sir. He needs help. I think I'm crazy when people start dying next month. I don't belong here. You're here because of the system. I know some things that you don't know. Yes, my son. You sent me to the wrong year. You're certain of that? Science ain't an exact science. You had a bullet from World War One in your leg, James. How did you get there? I don't know. You're a trained psychiatrist. You know the difference between what's real and what's not. You said that I had delusions. You said you could explain. I'm trying to. I want the future to be unknown. I can help you get you out. Monkeys. The thing mutates, we live underground! They're watching you. I just want to do my part to get us back on top in charge of the planet. great if i was crazy and i'm sebastian jones is my name i'm in insurance it's not jones i'm andy shostler <laughs> all the doors are locked too they're protecting the people on the outside from us from the people on the outside who are as crazy as us i'm alex and welcome to our review of 12 monkeys oddly enough only saw a monkey like once i think it's two or three scenes but they weren't f- heavily featured Mm-hmm. They mentioned a few times. You've got, Definitely, you've got the monkey that goes down into the well with the sandwich. You've got that's the, true. Yeah, I forgot about that monkey. You've got the uh, monkey scene from the Androm- Andromeda strain, which is playing in the uh, uh, Andrew, Are yeah. you sneaking trivia into our hello? No, I'm okay. talking about monkeys. Okay, please. Yeah, continue. Talking about all the instances of monkeys in Twelve Monkeys. Okay, please. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. And you've got the. Uh, the video of uh, the scientist experimenting on on animals. Some of them are monkeys, but some of them are 
rabbits and ferrets and, and, and other ones as well. But are rabbits kind of like the monkey of Ireland? So I sure. assume. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. Monkeys. Let me, <laughs> bit of a stretch here, but Alex, do you remember, it would have been years ago, um, I would have told you the story, but I, I took my girlfriend at the time um, onto a date at, oh, I forget which zoo it was, but it Australia wasn't. Zoo. No, it wasn't Australia Zoo. It was Alma uh, Park Zoo. Alma Park Zoo, yeah. So not the world famous Steve Irwin Australia Zoo, but the other shitty one for the area. And we were looking at the baboon exhibit. And I know is that baboon doesn't fall under the monkey category, right? It just falls under the general ape category. Is that correct? Like a primate? What's the, what's the, I just said primate, which correct. is a Pokemon. So that was exciting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so what ended up happening was we ended up watching this one baboon just have sex for like 15 minutes. Okay. So that's my, that's awesome my date. monkey related. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So that, that's my monkey story. Anyone have any monkey stories? It doesn't even feature a monkey. I have been peed on by a monkey in Thailand. I don't know why that didn't come to mind the first time, probably because it's a terribly embarrassing story. Um, although, oh, okay. So on our on our honeymoon, we were in Phuket. So yeah, island of, um, okay, coast yeah. of yep, thank you, of the coast of our mainland Thailand. And we went to one of those elephant parks. By the way, just the most awful experience ever. It was just a lot of sad elephants in chains being whipped. So that was not a good time. <laughs> But they had a bunch of monkeys as well. Some that were allowed were to come out doing to do tricks. Whipping? No, but they were chained up like by the throat. Yeah. And you would walk past them and they would like they were crazy and they would like scream and jump at you like they were trying to fucking claw your eyes out and then just get like snapped back by their throats because of where the chain was. It was. All I'm saying is all my monkey related experiences are bad. <laughs> so I'm not a monkey fan. So coming into 12 monkeys. I was terrified. There's way more monkeys than I want. What are those monkeys going to do? Probably scream at me, I guess. And it turns out the villain is the worst monkey of all. Man, we did it to ourselves. Don't teach me stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys have any monkey experiences? Yeah. When I was a child, I went. (laughs) I I like how this is going to be a fun bit, right? (laughs) I just, I just, just squeeze out every ounce of monkey story from all of you. (laughs) Thanks for this. I was waiting for you to be done with yours. I've got another yeah. one, but no, please continue. Please go, please go. God. I went to Dobbo Zoo with my family when I was a child. I don't know. Was it with a wee monkey himself, wasn't he? Maybe eight or nine, somewhere around there. I don't know. We were driving down to Canberra um, and we stopped in at Dubbo. That's no, no, no. So there's more to the story. Okay, please. <laughs> I'm going to just, I'm going to close my eyes and listen. And I want your narrative to wash over me. Okay. Well, after I fed the giraffe some bread. What? <laughs> no. Yes. Is that a thing? Apparently they like white you, bread. You missed me getting into an argument on this show for one of the weeks you were away because I suggested innocently that maybe giraffes also eat grass and not just leaves. By the way, vindication. I was correct. Um, but I got screamed at because it's impossible. <laughs> they have such long necks. Yeah, Why would they possibly eat the grass? the grass? And you're feeding them bread. Yeah. Where were you? You could have backed me up and fucking here's a lobster meal. Yeah, look, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so, yes, after feeding the giraffe some white bread, um, we were – I think this was like at the near the end of the day. We were like near the cafe or something and over there – uh, there was like a enclosure and there were 
monkeys or apes of some sort. I'm not remembering clearly enough what specific breed or <laughs> species they were, but there was the mother and there was two or three uh, of the little chimps. I'm going to say chimps now. Um, but <laughs> one, they were like, they were like, they were, they were being children and they were like chasing each other and like hitting each other and stuff. And one took a bit of fruit from one of the others and like started to run off. And the one that was chasing like swung around and like smacked its face into like a pole, a pole or something and slid down. It was like a cartoon and it was, it was hilarious at the time and not for this story. That's the story. Is that no. you done? I just want to make sure before I cut you off. That was a good story, Alex. <laughs> um, don't hit the, now, no, no, I've got to. Now you all know a slither of my childhood. I, um, we went to Canberra. When I was. Where the monkeys run the country. In Canberra. Yep. Oh, is that a political joke? That's exciting. Yes. <laughs> um, I did see a monkey steal someone's purse. <laughs> that was pretty exciting and terrifying. Um, it's actually, a, it's pretty common. for the uh, outside of Australia audience? A female wallet, I guess. Is that correct? Am I working right? Is that what a purse is? Because that's what I would describe it as. Why am I, why am I being looked at weirdly? What did, I, did I just answer the wrong question? I'm so confused. I feel like out of all the times, a snare drum should have gone there because I'm. Because now it's funny for some reason. What happened? Somebody, for said, the sake of the podcast, said it's gender, just. Gender to an inanimate object. It's just you being wonderfully naive. Okay, good. I'm glad we're all having a good time. <laughs> I regret these pre-review chats. Do <laughs> you have any monkey stories? I avoid the wilderness. That's true. You, we've spoken at length about how you hate picnics. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> picnics what? are awful. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about this history's greatest monster over here. And, oh, for God's uh, sake. Just like in this film, the outside is dangerous. <laughs> As, oh, the outside is dangerous. Cole is inside uh, the prison in the future and he's safe. And the second he goes outside, he has to- Deal with Brad Pitt. But, you, <laughs> mm. but either either legitimate germs or germy people yeah. in the past. Fine. Have it your way. We'll start the review, I guess. Riddle me this, riddle me that. Who's afraid of the big black Hey, Derek, you know what's always good for shoulder pain? What? If you lick my butthole. It is Wednesday, my dudes. Trivia? This film made a lot of money. It was very successful. Budget of $29 million. Not most of it going towards Bruce Willis, believe it or not. I'm shocked. And a worldwide gross of $168 million. So it made five times its money back. More well. than Gilliam was a hit. This is one of my father's favorite movies. He brings it up way more often than he should. It's probably his, apart from Brazil, it's probably the one I know best from Gilliam's work. Yes. Yeah. It's, I like that you've mentioned Brazil. That's exciting for me. Why is that? Oh, no reason. <laughs> Very well. I guess that's, we shouldn't look suspiciously on that foreshadowing. No, no, it's not foreshadowing. It's five shadowing. It was bigger. Um, <laughs> Tremendous even. Yes, it would tremendous is a word you could use to describe it because of the the large size of the shadow. You guys see how well, that works? Well done, Seb. 
That's another thing about people using the word tremendous. They keep trying to do it to me to piss me off and they use it correctly by accident sometimes. And I'm always like, "That's I've no problem with that. I Seb, knew what I was doing. Seb, the more you mm. dig that hole, the more we are going to fill it up with crap. Tremendous as, crap. As long as we're all clear, the crap's coming from you guys. <laughs> uh, Alex, you have Yeah, trivia? but you're the one that's left with it. That's, that's the true. important part. I do. I do have trivia. Gilliam didn't want Bruce Willis to be Bruce Willis in this movie. I was surprised to read that. Yeah. He gave him a list of Bruce Willis cliches not, not to, to use. use. Yeah. What was on there? Do you guys have any examples? His uh, look off just past the camera looking like buff and brave and sexy, I guess. Like that. I would never describe a personally. Blue steel sort of look like. I would never have I'm described thinking him as about sexy. something, maybe taking a poo. Bruce Willis is mm. sexy. He was sexy. Was he? Yeah. I just, I've never I mean, seen him. Die Hard? Like, mostly when, when he still he had, had a little bit of hair? Yeah. 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 I didn't get sexy. I just got, I don't know. Action-y. Like a rodent. You didn't want to kiss him? No. You didn't want to grab his bald head and kiss it? Not particularly. I just want to polish it. Yeah. What but kind it, of man are you, Seb? I just like, there are. They're on a rub, Bruce Willis' head. There are attractive men. I'm not saying he's ugly. It just He never struck me Sounds as like ugly. sexy, though. That's all. I think he was sexy in the way that people were differently sexy in the 80s. So they weren't sexy in the 80s is what we're saying. No, they were mm. for the 80s. So we have to qualify it. You know, in the Renaissance, like all the fat people were like, oh, yeah, I want to be like them because they have money. But like now all the all the people with money are generally skinny and how times change. Mm. It's like that. Like that. Yeah, but it's Bruce Wills. <laughs> anyway. It's out of context. Yes. Anything else, guys? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gilliam uh, had Willis over a, over his knee on this one, essentially. Mm-hmm. Willis wanted to work with him so desperately he took a pay cut. Mm-hmm. So did several other actors. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just to work with Gilliam. Yeah. And, in fact, I don't think – I know Bruce Willis wasn't paid until the film was released, which I don't think is common practice. I think it may even be against some Screen Guild's rules somewhere. Is Gilliam still alive? What's he been doing lately? Any? Oh, you know what? Have a look. Yeah, have a look. There's, there's, pl- there's plenty more trivia to go. Gilliam um, wasn't confident that uh, Brad Pitt would get the speech right for the neurotic and rapid-paced mm. uh, speech. Um, so he sent him to a speech coach in order to train him up for that. Um, and I don't know what the, what the results were from that, but he ended up just denying him cigarettes on set, which seemed to do the trick very well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unlucky. So, so all lucky. Yeah, all lucky. It's not mentioned explicitly in the film, but in the future it's implied that it's set in 2035. That's not addressed directly in the film anyway, uh, but just kind of loosely from the from the time period and, and the jumps. It's 2035. 16 so, years to go. That's exactly right. There's still there's still hope that we will live in some sort of dystopia. Would have already happened though. <laughs> Going okay. off the movie. So Gilliam's during that movie, if you guys have maybe seen the ad, it looks kind of fun. The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Nope. I haven't seen the trailer for that. No, it does look quite fun. Um, apart from that, I mean, he's hit and miss. Like he did Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, so yay. He also did The Brothers Grimm. Less yay. Uh, the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, which I did not enjoy. And a movie called Zero Theorem, which honestly I have not heard of. That's all he's really touched from having a look he's at a, that. He's a weird guy. He does, he has- Weird ideas for projects, and some of them work, some of them don't. He's a risk taker. He's with his Monty art. Python, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he was the American. Yeah. Monty Python, the artist, the guy who did all the animations. Mm. He, also, he also has a writing credit for the Holy Grail. If you remember the meaning of life, 
mm. um, the opening shot of the accountants with the with the building that sails with the scaffolding. Yeah, that sequence cost more than the rest of uh, the meaning of life. Ah. it went seriously over budget. Wow! And Gilliam was responsible for that for that sequence. <laughs> Good on him. So the scene where uh, Gilliam is very particular about how he works. So in in the opening scene, when the credits are still rolling, you've got you you see Cole um, drawing some of his own blood when he's being tested for the first time for uh, the time travel or for the for the potential for that. That scene took a whole day to shoot because in the background there is a hamster running in a wheel, and for the whole day of shooting, the hamster refused to run, and Gilliam was determined to have a hamster running in a wheel on camera. So from that moment on, uh, on set, Terry Gilliam's perfectionism was dubbed the hamster factor. Whenever, whenever something would go, <laughs> would go over time or they had to do retakes because of his pernickety kind of attitude towards everything, that was the hamster factor. I like that. Ah. That's, that's, that's very charming. This feels like some Stanley Kubrick levels of bullshittery though, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Although I get, I, I mean, today they were just like, Edit it in later. I buy oh, it. Fact, yeah. I, I buy it for, for, for Gilliam that he would be that much of a perfectionist that, no, he had to shoot it with camera. Mm. It wasn't an editing trick. It really happened yeah. on, on screen. So uh, Gilliam's first choice for Cole, the Bruce Willis character, Kid has it a guess who was, who was up for that? Oh, give us a hint. Give us a, give, let me give you a ballpark area. Another older gentleman who is now baldish. How much older than Willis are we talking? Or about same age, same age, same era. He was big in the eighties as well. For some, I am the law. No, not not Stallone. I was going to say Malkovich for some reason, but that's not good. Not Malkovich either. It was Jeff Bridges was his first choice. Mm, Okay, not a bad choice either. But but the studios wanted someone with with a a big (laughs) with a bigger name with a big head, (laughs) the big bald head. Um, that's not our scalp. <laughs> Believe it or not, he also wanted Nick Nolte awesome. to, to play Cole. Nick Nolte can do crazy well, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was drugged up at the time as well, so it would have it would have fit in very nicely. Wouldn't mm. have even had to act. Oh, <laughs> Nick Nolte doesn't normally act. I don't think either. <laughs> anyway, and to play uh, Goins, the Brad Pitt character. Do you know who was up for that for that role? Didn't get it. Literally anyone else ever. Also a contemporary to Charlie Sheen, Brad Pitt, Johnny Depp. Ah. I was I went Charlie Sheen because the being yeah. drugged up thing, yeah. but Johnny Depp, yeah, yeah. yeah could have gotten there. Johnny Depp also a weird guy who probably could have carried it off, but I think Brad, Brad Pitt was a better choice. It's it's funny you see these actors do these do these roles, and then you can't imagine anybody else doing it. Mm. You rattle yeah. off this this trivia that such and such was up to the role, and you think, oh yeah, they they may have pulled it off, but I can't I can't see them being anything other than mm. the actor that they chose. Yeah. I mean, this will sound weird for me, but I think I would have preferred Johnny Depp. Really? You didn't like Brandon? Oh, I'll, I'll talk about it when we get into All the right. actual review, but I think Johnny Depp may have been a little bit sane, a bit more reserved with what he did, and I think he would have been a bit more palatable for me. Maybe. In saying that, it's Johnny Depp, so probably not. <laughs> In any case, the final test screening was a complete disaster. It was not successful. Universal were immediately talking about making some serious changes to the film 
but Gilliam fought for it and got to release it unchanged. Good on him too, because it's a great film. Yes, it is a great film. Babies? Yeah, I guess. Hasta la vista, baby. Nobody puts baby in a corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> It was a pause there because I was expecting to be cut off by a snare drum. So I was like, I don't want to answer because the drum will go off. Um, I nailed this. And I know I say that literally every week, but you, you can pretty much just go home after I give my movie babies because I have, it's oh, done. Good, it's, I'm tired. Put it in a bottle and sell it, you know. <clears throat> X-Men Days of Future Past mixed with The Fugitive mixed with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Interesting. I also went with... Cuckoo's Nest mm. and The Terminator. Oh, yep. Of course, because he's been sent back to the past to change the future oh, or influence oh, the future. Yeah. I was meant to throw Brazil in there, but then I decided not to. <laughs> so but that's that was the that was the five shattering from earlier. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But definitely Cuckoo's Nest, because mm. sort of throughout the whole film, reality is starting to unravel mm. and he and he's drunk it up as well. So even he starts to be confused about what's what's real and what's what's not. Has he just been fed a bunch of lies or is this really reality? You could throw in maybe the last half hour of Shutter yeah. Island as well. Yeah, yeah. But I think Cuckoo's Nest was a better, especially for the pacing of this film, a much better, yeah. Absolutely. Alex? <clears throat> Full disclosure, I didn't get through the entire movie. Why not? Tisk, what tisk. happened? It just, I just couldn't. You weren't enjoying it? Why not? I just, it was such a struggle to get through. It's not a heavy trip. film. I just, I just um, maybe it just, it, I've never seen it before. I've lit. Okay. Actually, so okay. no, I, <clears throat> I take that back. I got exactly as far as I have before, <laughs> which is about half an hour. Have you seen any other Terry Gilliam projects? Other than the Monty Python, I've seen Bro- Brothers Grimm, which not great fan okay. of. Um, nothing much else sticks out. I mean, he does have a style that I guess you could call an, an acquired taste. Just like he does do some weird stuff. You, you get that first little bit, and then you get the cut. Whatever that screen is with the the spiral monkeys, yeah, <laughs> the, the opening just, credits. Yeah, yeah. What about what about them though? Just didn't feel like it had a place. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. I just I didn't and I couldn't. I literally so got, your- I know this is the entire podcast is the mm-hmm. premise to watch the movie, mm-hmm. but you are correct. They're just. <laughs> Like I, I sat through the Hateful Eight. That was a good movie. <laughs> what do you mean you sat through that? I, it was you, a pleasure. The luxury of watching yeah. that movie. <laughs> no, that I thought you guys are just circle jerking to whatever the guy's name. Oh, uh, it was. Right? I, I was very damning of one of my reviews of um, was it Jackie Brown or whatever it was? That's a piece of shit movie. Oh, Jackie Brown's fantastic. Tarantino can miss. Tarantino, You're a piece that's of his shit. name. See, I no, it's it's <laughs> a, it was a. I, I sat through that because I I really tried, <laughs> and I I gave it as much as I could for this one, and I just couldn't. I'm sorry, but no, so we'll, we'll get into it in your review as to why yes. you couldn't make it through it because that'll be that should be yeah. its own review in itself. Like I've walked out of films before. Yeah, the only film I've walked out of is Hitman, Shaggy Dog. <laughs> the one that I wish I walked out of was well, apart from this one, um, The Spirit. Oh, that was bad. That and Aeon Flux. I think it was the similar same time period we saw them in. Oh, not good films. No. Not 
not fun. We've talked about the spirit briefly before on other episodes. It's not a good movie. Just actually, I looked into that. That was um, is it Frank Miller who made the spirit? Also directed that film, so he went from comics to that film, which also explains why it was uh, garbage. Uh, because right. it would be like me directing a film. I have no training. Let's do this, yeah. <laughs> right? Okay, faster and more intense. Um, That's fair. So, but as uh, for my for my babies, I got Fight Club. I wish it was like Fight Club <laughs> and. Frequently asked questions about time travel for the time travel aspect. You sure because did. they mentioned time the, travel <laughs> and the confusion. There, there is okay. There is confusion. That's, um, all right, uh, and I, Fight I, Club right. for the whole like Brad Pitt reality. <laughs> is that for the Brad Pitt? Oh it's yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh come on, no, you didn't. no, no, for the confusion like of like having. And I don't need to explain myself here. No, well, actually, <laughs> I'm not hear going me to. Out. You should explain yourself because it's the podcast. Uh, the, the, your job is to be back people, explain yourself. The people know um, what I mean. Alex, I can't wait to hear your tweet. Oh, <laughs> well, well, not yet, not yet, not yet. I forgot what I was going to say. Fuck it, Doran. No, no, as you were. As you- and today I'm going to read it to you. It's got any sports in it? Are you kidding Fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles. I forgot what I was going to say and I didn't remember in all that time too. Um, what were we talking about just then? Apart from being disappointed in Alex? No, what was What's it? Your tweet? Tweets. No, before that, what were we just talking about? Like- oh, that Alex didn't have a tweet. Yeah. I do have a tweet. You do have a tweet. I do. Despite oh, not seeing, okay. I was going to say, um, I guess after we do our tweets, I'll talk about it, um, the parallels between this film and um, last week's film, Predestination, because I was talking last yes. week about how I thought these films went on very similar tracks narratively, okay. and I didn't want to talk about it last week because spoilers for this week. That's but, sorry, Alex, yes. I saw enough of this movie to know exactly what this movie was about. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> this will be good. <laughs> One second. I don't know if that picked up or not, but excuse me. <clears throat> so, in the future, there are people living literally under the ground because of a virus that killed millions of people. So they send a guy back in time, but to the wrong time. Then he meets a guy in an asylum, then goes back to the present, then gets sent back to the wrong time again, and then gets shot, and then gets sent to the correct back in time in the future. And then he figures some things out, and then it's the end. You're right in that it's the end. He doesn't complete his mission. Okay. Literally the entire film. He does complete his mission. We'll talk about that. He doesn't complete his mission. He does. He does complete his mission. He does a very good job completing his mission. To observe. And report. He's a mall cop. Um, (laughs) Andrew, what was your uh, your tweet? Tired of ordinary holidays? Try the Florida Keys. Hashtag do you want to know more? Every time that came up, it reminded me of re- Recall yep. from, from Total Recall. That's a good poll. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I've all crossed. This is going to be fun. I've, like, heavily edited mine. I can't read it. Oh, no. Movie about 12 monkeys has very little to do with with actual monkeys. And then I have just three hashtags. So I hope these are funny because I can't remember writing them. Hashtag, why is the future so sweaty? You can't do it <laughs> mid-sentence. It's not how that works. Hashtag, what about all the snow? And hashtag, I'm not crazy. It's just very hot. 
There we go. See, t- comic timing goes in two ways, guys. <laughs> <laughs> of course, now, of course, they're sweaty in the future because they're all huddled underground in these old factories or yeah, bunkers or whatever. Closer to the magmatic core. If you've got time travel technology, you've got air conditioning technology. I'm just saying. Not necessarily. I mean, they, there's also snow upstairs. They've got the heaters going so that the cold doesn't seep in. I thought they're. they're I think they're overgrowing. Yeah, there's if, too much yeah, heat. If anything, you do want to overgo. Because if you underdo it and the snow starts creeping in, you may not be able to fire up the generator enough to battle it back, and then you're done. Your bunker's cold Can forever. Can you just go oh. back in time and come back with a fan? <laughs> I know they don't really touch on how he does go to and fro, but come on, mate, just grab a fan. If you take a bullet with you. Actually, no, he can take shit with him because he takes a bullet with him. Yeah, grab a fucking fan. Well, the bullet is in his body. Eat a fan. I don't care. Eat your spider, eat your fan, put it up your butt. I don't care. Bring a fan back to the, part, to the future. That's all you need to do. <laughs> what is some food? Or just send them into the future and see if they fixed it and then bring that shit back. Not the problem I'm having with this film. <laughs> um, predestination. <laughs> right. Um, that was last week, yes. Yes. Um, so just the whole, I guess, the idea of you can't change the past being the core element. Or sorry, you can't change the future being the core element of both films that despite both protagonists trying to make a difference in the end, everything has already happened and it's always going to happen that same way. So Bruce Willis was never going to be able to stop the virus at the end of this film because he didn't the first time and there was no difference. Their aim in sending him back was not to prevent the apocalypse from happening. Which is why I said he succeeded. No, no, no. It it was to bring back a specimen of the untainted, unmutated virus so they could develop a cure or an antidote from that. Which – I Which would, he does not succeed in doing. I would argue he dies he before did. he's able to complete that. Well, he was present as a child when the virus was first opened up in that airport. Right. I think he was carrying it the entire time. Yeah, but it would have mutated. The whole point was to get an mm. unmutated specimen. Yeah. Well, he did. So he doesn't complete his mission. No, I think the kid has it though. I yeah, think on a he's technicality. <laughs> and he's immune to it. Nah. Otherwise, he would have died. No, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. That's exactly right. I would right. just use Bruce Willis's blood is what I'm saying. Make a little cocktail. Yeah, but it's been 30 years. Yeah, so it's well-aged, like a fine wine. And it's red, <laughs> so you know it's good. I don't think you understand the fundamentals of viral evolution, Seb. Time travel. Right. Did Time. I work? Did I, did, yep. did I win? That wins. That wins <laughs> the it. conversation. There was countless setups for a fucking snare drum just then. No. <laughs> countless. <laughs> good joke. Um, so I um. Yeah, but his mission was never to stop the virus, though. So I think that was all No, it fine. was to bring back a specimen. And also- And discover along the process of how exactly it comes about. They did send Old Mate there to make him do his job. Why don't they just get him to do the job? They send, they send that other agent back, his cellmate, yeah. to give him a gun so he can do the job. Which, by the way, he gives him a gun to do a job that he's not there technically to do, but they give it to him anyway. So he can kill the man that's going to spread the virus, even though that's not his mission, but now suddenly it is his mission, but they don't just help him do it. It's weird. Like they send well, a- things, things change as they're, as they're going along because they're leaving messages from the past mm. into the future. New but, directives come, come through. But do they change or is that already predetermined? It was predetermined. Well, well we, we have the example. I'm getting ahead, but um, the lady goes off and leaves a message and she thinks like, oh, to leave a message to what she was told would be left for the future to hear and go back with. And she calls up and it turns out the message service was for a dry cleaners. So she just went on some stupid rant, leaving like a prank message effectively. And it turns out that was the message that Bruce Willis has heard, which had given him his intel for his mission back here. Cause he was able to quote it to her, 
even though she just made the call in a different room that he didn't hear it in. Mm-hmm. So I thought just through that, they are showing off that it is all built in, looped, can't change things. Okay. Yeah. But do we want to actually get into the review? <laughs> yes. But predestination doesn't make the point that things are fixed. But they that they end being fixed because he doesn't. Well, like I said, my reading in that movie was because he didn't go against what he did last time. He's continuing the loop by yes, killing but himself. Is the loop constantly playing out or is that just the way it happened yeah. and now we're recalling it? I mean, a book doesn't change every time you read it. That's just know. what the book is. Mm. If you put an affliction on different words, it does. <laughs> well, it might sound different. Yes, <laughs> they might. They mit, you could say. Did I do it right? Very good. Can we just go to the good? Can we just go to the good? Go ahead. Make my day. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy. I promise you guys that snare drum is only funny for you two and maybe Zane (laughs) pressing it. But that is it. No one finds this funny. It's not a bit. It's just... Let's have a poll on Facebook. I will not. I will not post that poll. You have to. Because I don't know how to. Exactly. So you, you have to. This is a, this is a multi-season, multi-year arc that needs to play out, Seb. Just just let it happen. I please. wish one of the buttons was that um, Homer, Sims, Homer from The Simpsons doing that nerd thing. Anytime one of us goes on a tangent about some minutiae little bullshit fact about something, that'd be great. Although yeah, you po- don't want facts or people going off on tangents on this show, do you? No, God, no one wants content. No content. Speaking of content, Bruce Willis sure does love a shower, doesn't he? Yeah, but I always felt like he was dirty the entire time. Oh, he's got a tight little tushy. Yes, I did notice that in fact. (laughs) (laughs) For a man that's spent so much of this movie getting hosed down, he sure is filthy for a lot of it too. Well, to be fair, he does end up in the trenches of Belgium during World War I. It's not my problem. Have a shower. (laughs) Well, he doesn't have a shower after that. Yeah. Okay, readings of this film. Do you think yay time travel or yay crazy? Uh, no, the time travel oh, was legitimate. I, I think so as well. Yeah. But I do think the movie played well with it could be either way. Like I could, if the film had ended with him just back in the loony bin, I would never have second guessed it. Really? Yeah, I think it could have gone either way. I think they did a nice even split of it. It just so happens the last one that they'll, re- they'll tell you is it is time travel rather than he is crazy. So but, how, would you, how would you explain the bullet? Crazy people shit. From, from 100 years before. Yeah. I mean, it's not impossible for it to happen. And he's crazy. Maybe he did it to himself. Like How if- though? How would he get his hands on a bullet that had been out of production for the last 60 years? Pawn shops? I don't know. Stole it from a museum? Beat up Harrison Ford for it? I don't know. And then shot himself with it? He's crazy in this example. He's crazy. He's movie crazy, which means he's crazy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't buy the crazy thing. Like it was, it was nice- seeing uh, Dr. Rayleigh for the first half of the film trying to convince him that uh, he is he is crazy and he's making the whole thing up, he's delusional. Then he starts to believe it, but at that point she starts to see that the reality is that his time travel story is real. So by the time he's convinced that he's crazy, she's on board with the time traveller thing and then she's trying to get him back yeah. from that. It's, it's, a nice, it's a nice arc. Okay. Alex, mm. what, what point did you stop watching? Um, so it's about half an hour in. So, um, God, he makes his first jump at about that point, doesn't he? No, he's in the asylum. Yeah, 
That's the, that's the first time he goes back. So like just after that, he gets thrown into a cell and then he goes back. Back to World War One. Oh, back to, yes, yes, yes. That, okay, yeah. So that's, that's, that's the first time yeah. Cole, Cole, Cole goes back in time. And then why? What, what didn't you understand? Yeah, I know, I, know, I know technically we're in the good, but I am curious. Yeah, at what point did it just disconnect for you fully? I just, like there was, I, I don't have words. I, it just, it didn't captivate me. I, I, I don't know. I just didn't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, it, uh, it's, it's, it's a harsh prob- criticism for a film. Probably, I didn't like it, so I stopped watching it. Probably irrational, but my, I, I don't know. Maybe I just had a bad day. Maybe I should try it again. But the last time I didn't make it past that point either. So right. I, I, I don't know what it is about this film. I mean, you know, you know, maybe I've got about- some childhood trauma attached <laughs> to this or some, I, I honestly, my I uncle used to time travel <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> Is it because the time travel is ambiguous? I, I don't know. Like it's not explained how they're doing it. They certainly don't explain how they get them back into the future. I have a theory. Probably plays into it. And it's going to be one of my points for the bad. And I have, it's a possibility that it's the same thing that turns you off. So I'll hold off on it. But I think, I've, I, think I can work out why it sucked for you. You're a full detective on this one. Okay. But for the good... How lovely was it seeing Bruce Willis in a wig and a Hawaiian shirt get shot by a bunch of police in an, in an airport? He looked incredible in that scene. That was so good. I, I need more movies of him with a handlebar mustache and long hair. It was great. And I think Bruce Willis did a good job in this film. Normally, yeah. lately, over the last 20 years, he hasn't really cared about any role he's had. You, you could see it on his, on his face after about... I suppose this was 1996, so it's the same time as The Sixth Sense, which was, what, 99? No, it was 2000, wasn't it? Oh, double oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was 2000. Anyway, yeah. from, from 2000 onwards, Bruce Willis, his, his, his character face is indistinguishable from his actual real actor face. They're just the same mm. face, bored, taking a check, putting in the hours, and then going home afterwards. But in this one, he makes the effort. I think he genuinely plays someone who is confused for a lot of the time. He's confused about what's going on, but he's also got the got the relief of uh, being outside, seeing the sun, breathing the air, being away from the German-fested subterranean mm. life. Well, he's, he's, he's in prison there as well. Mm. So he's, he's out of that life. So he's, he's got the conflict of having to be on a mission and he's, and he's also enjoying just being out of the prison for the most part. I think he pulls it off really well. It's really well acted. See, this is funny. I agree with you. He did a very, he was a very strong performance he gave. This is one of my bad points for the film. And it's not Willis's fault. It's definitely the direction of the character. So I'll talk about what you've said in a lot more of a darker tone in a little bit. (laughs) Um, But yeah, as for the good, I, is it, it's an interesting story just as a concept itself. It's, it's, I love the idea of being sent back just to find out where history went wrong, just to report it. Like it's as opposed to the common idea, which is they're going to go back to save history. No, no, no. They've acknowledged nothing will change. All we can do is try to make the future from our point better with some extra knowledge. Yeah. I so, mean, the ultimate point of the program is to bring back an untainted specimen. Yep. So they, of future the scientists can solve the problem in their, in yep. their present I mean, to then make everything better from their own. That's what they want. Everything else is just a means to get that. That's what they want, the unmutated virus. Yeah. 
And they almost got it. Almost, but didn't because Bruce Willis failed in his mission. Why did he eat the spider? I know that was to give it to them, but why would he eat that spider when it had nothing to do with the virus? He, he didn't have a container. But no, but like, so he, what yes, did they need that for? It had nothing to do with the virus in my heart. Oh, just as a as a test, you can compare how uh, how the virus uh, changed um, spiders' bodies in, in in the future over the next thirty mm, years. Yes. Yeah. Any information you you don't know what you're looking for, so you you look at everything. Until okay. you find something that makes sense. I liked the opening scene where he's walking through, I don't even know what city he was in. Was it meant to be New York? Philadelphia. Or yeah. During in the snow. I will say that bear appearing out of nowhere and then just just little twaddle away. <laughs> that was very badly done, all of that. Yeah. But yeah, I'd like how they yeah showed like society crumbling and just little, yeah, wrecked well, city. It was nice. Nobody lives on the surface. That's yeah. where all the germs are. And the Although lions. there shouldn't be that many germs because of the cold, right? No, I I like this happened in real time, <laughs> but also in saying that seriously though, I thought the cold would have got rid of all the germs. No, of course not. Isn't that a thing? Like in our, in like the Arctic environments, viruses aren't alive like other things are alive. They can lie dormant for well, a long time. Unless you talk to Brad Pitt in this film when he goes on a long rant about viruses being tiny little lives that going around and infecting people. He goes, and that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that is what they are. Yeah, I agree. But they're not alive in the same way that other things are alive. Mm. You, can't just- no! you can't take every bit and just run it into the ground. It's going to be like, a, we're going to buy an extra soundboard just to fit in all the fucking catchphrases on the show. All right, Seb, you've got bad stuff to say. Yes. Let, let me wrap it up. I really liked when uh, Rayleigh finds uh, Cole's photograph of him in World War I and that solidifies in her mind that he's telling the truth. She's then convinced mm. that the time travel is really going on. Um, it's, also, it's also nice to see the other time travellers, like, like, like the guy who ri- ripped out his teeth and the preacher okay. who, who says, yeah. who says I, I know you. They are, I mean, I'm, it's not explicitly said, but I'm interpreting that as time travellers who went back who either were disowned or didn't make it back or yeah, r- r- ripped out their, their, their trackers from, from their teeth so that they couldn't be pulled back because they just wanted to die not in the yeah. future. And this film does a good job of playing it off because yeah. you don't know whether they are just like that crazy man whether on the street yelling yep. shit or not. Yeah, yeah. And like Bruce Willis in a couple of different scenes, he just hears someone speaking to him, but we don't ever see if there's actually a person that's there yeah. doing it. Yeah, yeah. So once again, we don't know whether he's, is he crazy or is he, is he correct with what's happening, but he's also going crazy at the same time or is it all actually happening? Like they play almost, almost three levels. Like, yeah. And that's the, the one, one of the good things this film does, yeah. I liked it. All right, but now for the shit stuff. Houston, we have a problem. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. I've fallen and I can't get up. I can't believe you've done this. So I think that one of my problems may have been what turned Alex off this film. And it's heavy in the first 30 minutes of this film and it does not stop until Bruce Willis is shot and killed. And it is the fact that Bruce Willis has, while he has this big mission that he has to go on and all this wonderful, what's the word I want? Motivation to go through and you know save the world. His character from, the, from pretty much the start of the film, well, at least when he arrives into the past, is... We find him, you know, he's in the police headquarters. He's had the shit kicked out of him. 
He's then spends half the film drugged because of being in the asylum, gets out. Then he starts losing his mind because he thinks that maybe he is going crazy. So we start actually going crazy. There's well, never a- Time travel is disorienting as well. Yes. So, and when we first start with him anyway, because he's, in, he's being held prisoner, we get that like that wonderful scene, like I said, where he's up on top gathering specimens, but he's not freaking talking. So every scene we have that Bruce Willis is talking, there is something horribly wrong with his character and it never feels like this film has control in that sense. And I know it's a choice to make your character so disoriented that we all feel the same way. Like it feels like there's no control going on. We just feel like we're caught up in the wind, you know, like a leaf being brushed along and we have no agency of ourselves, you know, no agency. Uh, we have no agency. And that for me was a turnoff to this in this film because it just made me irritated that the main character that we are following on has very rarely setting himself on any path in this film. I just feel like he's constantly being taken for a ride. The best thing he does is kidnap the doctor to go off and like, I need to get to this part of, you know, of America to find what's going on. And then by the time he gets there, he thinks he's crazy again and he loses it. He had like 20 minutes of being able to, you know, control his life and then he lost it. Anyway, for me as a character trait, make that a side character. Having that as the protagonist, the one that we're following the entire time, that for me was just irritating. I just needed him to have a little bit more control. Nerd! I, okay, for the record, a snare drum would have been funnier then. And also that made no sense. There we go. I disagree that he's out of control. Yeah. Because the whole point is that he's struggling against the outside world. He is being he is being drugged up despite telling the truth mm. that he's there to He's there as an observer. He needs to prevent, not prevent this thing from happening, but he's trying to save the future from the uh, sins of the past. The fact that he went around telling people he's a time traveler is the stupidest thing, though. Well, yeah, he, there's no training program in the future. But like you're, they're, a- they're just desperate for any for anything that will yield them something to work with. So they just flinging people back from, from a catapult and if something hits, so be it. He's not the only person they're sending back. If they had set up Bruce Willis's character as, of, you know, of Mice and Men, like the, what's the big character's name, the stupid one? A simpleton, anyway. If they'd set him, yeah, sure. If they'd set him up as somebody with a learning disability or something, someone that's actually mentally slow. Why? Because that way every bad choice he makes is forgivable because we're going in with someone with the intellect of a child. But unfortunately, we are shown what is said to be a fully functioning adult with impeccable perception skills who somehow does not work out after he is institutionalized in the opening 20 minutes of this film for saying he's a time traveler will then proceed for the next hour and 40 minutes to tell more people that he is a time traveler. He doesn't learn a fucking lesson. It's so irritating. <laughs> he doesn't go around screaming it. No, but he keeps telling people. Well, anybody who asks him. But what? Any, any Anybody who stops him, he says, you have to let me go because I'm I'm on this mission, you yes. see. Yes, so, and it never yeah. works. So I'm, I'm, my problem is he runs up to the same wall every single time and has the same answer for it every single time. And that is irritating he's, as a character. He's not introduced as a genius. He's introduced as one of the exceptional people from his time, you know, tasked mm. with doing this thing because he has these skills. Nobody nobody claims that he's ever a genius or has a high IQ or or, or anything. But he's I just think, the best guy for the job. I think they should have set him up as someone who is dumb though. I think that honestly, little things. 
if you think so, but I, I thought the the um, his, his character ha- constantly having to struggle against people beating him down, mm. literally or dragging him down, or the constant shifting around between worlds mm. with with the time travel and that being disorienting and also affecting his his brain chemistry and, and and architecture and him constantly having to struggle through that, trying to do the right thing the whole time. That's what the story is about. Yeah, for me as well. I, I saw where I wanted this film to go. And I felt like him getting institutionalized, even though in the end it meant something because he met Brad Pitt's character, Actually, which really doesn't mean anything because it was freaking irrelevant to what the actual movie ended. But well, that part aside- It was, it was, it was a whole red herring that yeah. they discovered along the way. Yeah, but that, that, that's fine. It just felt like all the roadblocks were so superficial to the actual plot of the film. Like the film of Terminator is Arnold Schwarzenegger being sent back in time to kill the mother of the, mm-hmm. you know, the leader of the people, blah, blah, blah. That's the movie. If on in that movie, oh, he got, oh, he, but on my way to kill Sarah Connor, I've got to go on a hot date with this chick. Oh, now I've got to have a picnic. Now I've got to go watch a movie. Like, cool. Yeah. What about that really important thing that we have going on? The actual plot of this film, which is to kill Sarah Connor. You've got this wonderfully laid out story right there, but you're going on all these side tangents, which just for me was so, Frustrating. The Terminator does that, not not as often and as badly no, as he this film. Though he doesn't start hunting down Sarah Connor. What does he do? He goes to a gun shop. Yep, and then he steals a car. But, then, but then only does- then does he go to the phone book to find out where Sarah Connor's address is. There are side missions to do. But it's not like he walked through a field of magnets and deactivated for half an hour and then woke <laughs> up and had to like, oh wait, where am I again? Like. Pointless derailments. Like, yes, he was setting himself up for success, but Bruce Willis didn't intentionally get institutionalized. That's the point. Like, he didn't, like, I no. need to go into prison to meet Brad Pitt's character. That would have been nice if he went there to meet the character that they suspected had something to do with it. But because it was, it was such a happenstance, which is annoying. He was, he was constantly reacting to everything going on around him. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He wasn't in control. He was, he was struggling against everything going on around him. And he was constantly reacting to all this shit happening. I feel like if he wasn't drugged, it would have been bearable for me as well in that sense. But because he had to do most of his performance, just drooling and slurred speech and just, it was just a bit too much for me that it got irritating. Like there was too many things going on that it was, it felt unfocused. Okay. Alex, did any of that trigger any, any thoughts in you as to why he didn't like this film? Yeah. I ran out of time. (laughs) What? I ran out of time to watch it. Oh, uh, not not even bullshitting now. Oh, but also I I really didn't want to watch it. That's why I left it so late. Yeah, for shame. Yep, I'm bad at my job. Yes. So moving on, verdict, <laughs> please. But to be the man, you gotta beat the man, and I'm saying, woo, right here, I'm the man. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Slap it on with the might of Zeus! <laughs> so, Alex, what do you reckon of this movie? <laughs> uh, that's <fair>. Andrew? <laughs> I loved it. I, I, I didn't see it in the cinemas when it first came out. I think I was 13 mm. when that, no when one that happened. But I do remember watching this before I went out of high school, and I've seen it a few times since. Hadn't seen it for a few years before uh, view, viewing it again for 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 the review, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Right. It's 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 another complicated story uh, that Gilliam 
shows in his in his unique way. He's a he's a weird filmmaker, but this is probably the one of the more mainstream films that he's made. So it's less arty, but still quite arty compared to other directors. And he does a wonderful job of telling a relatively simple story. Yes. Cool. I actually Good. do recommend this film, yeah. by the way. It's yeah. stupid in a lot of parts, <laughs> but the story is good. It's just, I say stupid, it's frustrating in parts because you spend so much, well, I spent so much of this time, the time watching this film, just grinding my teeth, waiting for Bruce Willis to just do something. Tremendously frustrating. He's constantly doing something. No, he's constantly having things done to him and then having to get out of them so he can do the thing he yeah, wants to do. he's forced into and these situations. I know the idea is- Films will throw obstacles at your protagonist for them to overcome and get there. Otherwise, it's just me going to the bank to get my money out. If that's the film, that's boring. But if I go to the bank and get caught in a shootout, that's a movie, you know? <laughs> I get it, but it was just too many things. Um, have you guys seen The Informant? I have uh, not. I could not even make it through that. Yep. Yeah, so you haven't? I have not. Oh, I, I, it's on my list. Okay. The, don't, I, I will skip my explanation then because I don't want to no, spoil it. No, no, no. no, you, no, no. You it's can't, a, it's you can't a really, spoil it for me. Please do. It's a really important part of You can't the, spoil no. it for me. What, you've heard about it? No. Oh, then I can spoil it for you. But I, no, films can't be spoiled for me. I watch them as the film is telling me what the story is. It doesn't matter what I know. I'll wait a week and I'll come back and I'll throw it. No, it's fine. Um, But yeah, Matt Damon's character in that film, though, very frustrating for me. So if you've seen it and you see every step that he takes in that film, that's the kind of thing that will just eventually shit me off. But in, in that sense, in that movie, I think it was meant to. In this film, I don't think I was meant to get about it but anyway it's still a good movie so i do recommend it but god i I don't know where you would what situation could you really watch this movie in like you do you want to be sad here you go (laughs) buddy but you won't be depressed you'll just be kind of like do you want to feel a little bit nihilistic this is your one you can be optimistic you can you, you can go either way on it but you can be optimistic and that this film is about coal and about being motivated to do the right thing against all odds. Mm. You know, no matter what the universe is throwing at you, you stay on, on mission that you're determined to do a good thing. They say zig and you say zag. Am I right? <laughs> like, and you get caught up in that. It, 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 it can be your undoing. Now, I know I only made it through half an hour or so because I ran out of time, but the first time it was a choice to turn it off and that's where I would keep my review is – couldn't couldn't make it through it. I don't so, buy it. That's lazy. Probably I, this time, but <laughs> the first time I I put it on with all intentions to want to watch it and I made it half an hour, 40 minutes in and I did not want to watch it anymore so I turned it off. Okay. And that was a conscious decision that I made and this time I, I did try it again, admittedly a little too late, but I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah. It was predetermined this way. <laughs> if I'm being honest, if you had watched the entire film, I, just from knowing you for so long, I think you would have not recommended it. There you go. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I debated, I mean, I have less patience than all of you now. What am I going to say? I was going to say I'm more patient. I'm not more patient, but I think it would have eaten up at you too. Well, a strong yeah. recommend from me. It's one of those 90s films that didn't go under the radar, but also wasn't hugely popular. Mm. Like it was known about, but not everybody saw it. Has anyone, I mean, I, I probably haven't, Alex, but have you seen the TV series at all? No. Yeah, neither have I. It's on three seasons now, so it wasn't dreadful, but I haven't touched it yet. I started playing the first episode and didn't realize, and then I was like, oh. Was that better? 
from what you saw? I turned it off because I didn't need to watch it. So, Dang it. <laughs> All right, fight time. We have, <laughs> I literally forgot who oh. won last week. How did that happen? We it's just did literally this. Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke versus Bruce Willis in a battle to the death time travel style. Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke would probably win because yeah. Bruce Willis is just so disoriented from yeah. his time travel. Just wait till he's yeah. in, drugged or asleep or high or drunk or yeah. sad or just <laughs> naked in France. You'll find a time and you can kill him very easily. Perfect. Done. That Beautiful. Was like pulling off a bandage. Like Bruce Willis's mustache. Uh, yeah. What are we doing next week? Do you guys remember? It is a film. Yep, I'll look it up. Do you guys start the socials and go to I'll Facebook <laughs> and look up Second Take Podcast or Second Take Media Review Podcast? Yep. If you live in the future and you want to tweet us, you can do that at Second Take TNC or you can check out our Instagram at Second Take Podcast. Uh, we got our email address, Second Take Podcast at gmail.com and our website, Second Take Podcast.com. Now, next couple of weeks, we've got. I'm, I'm going to table to the future a little bit. So we're doing Dark City next week. Now, none of you have seen this? I know it's the thing that The Matrix ripped off. It and didn't rip off. They came out like mm. they came out very close together and filmed on the same sound stages in certain spots. But The Matrix got all the credit. Yes. But I put that film on because we had a week to spare and I really enjoy <laughs> it. So ah. it means you'll both hate it. Um, I'll, I'll be watching it for the first time. Same. Then after that, Captain Probably. Marvel comes out. <laughs> so we're going to the cinemas to watch yeah, some yeah, Captain yeah, Marvel. Yeah, 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 well, you're, you take back that yuck because then we're doing The Village and uh, Lady in the Water. So back to Shyamalan. I hate much. I'm very excited for April 1st though. <laughs> it might be Space Jam. It's definitely Space Jam. No. I finally got it in. Three years of just fighting this damn uphill battle to get Space Jam on this show. I prefer and all Space I had- Jelly, but it's to their own. I mean, like- I hate you. Um, how do we end a podcast? Bye. Same way we always end the podcast, Pinky. I've been thinking that we do need to. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.